of the tribe insults. The Sunshine Patriot in a crisis shrinks from the service of their country. The winter is coming. Did you hear the call? Winter is coming, and we know what is coming with it. No matter your thoughts or convictions, you must be prepared for the hardships that come with the winter. No matter your current position on the journey, stay a while. This is where you can find the tools and the fire to continue on your path. Join Odin and Tyr and answer Winter's call. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Winter's Call podcast. I don't even know what episode we're on, but it doesn't matter. So, I'm Odin. <laughs> this is Tyr. How we doing tonight? <laughs> and today we're going to talk about... Cowardice and compromise. Two uh-huh. C words. I kind of like the other C word you're not supposed to say. Oh, no, no. Uh-huh. See you next Tuesday. I get it. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Let's talk about it. Let's start with compromise first. Oh. Compromise is a wonderful tool. It is. Compromise is a wonderful tool for keeping the peace, for making progress, for, for having two different ideologies come together and work together. It's necessary. For government, for politics, for interpersonal relations, compromise is necessary. However, due to a lack of testicular fortitude and a wonderful, wonderful gaffe of linguistic theft, we've changed compromise into a word that means you'll do what I want and fuck whatever I'm going to give you. You'll be happy with it. I think that's pretty That's not compromise. <laughs> well, I mean, think about how how else would you say we've gotten to uh, gotten to this particular point in our nation's history, or this even as a people, except for the fact that we've compromised to where we have given everything. Oh, look. We've acquiesced. The, the left-right dynamic of compromise is that the left always demands and the right always buckles. And that's how it works. And that's why the Overton window moves consistently to the left and never to the right. <laughs> and it's depressing. All right, look, okay, this is going to not, this is not going to be another Monday night rage with tear, but I'm going to say, what the, f- what the hell? Really? We, we have allowed, we have Compromise away so many things up because we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to be the jackass. We don't want to be the the extremist or that person that makes other people uncomfortable. So we're willing to put make ourselves compromise our own beliefs for the sake of what? For the left to get what they want. But, you know, what's funny is I, I'm not just going to pick on the left on this one. Um, we've compromised within our own ranks. For clout, for for pride, for ego, for certain things. Like, you know, the Christians don't want to mess with the, with the LGBTQ community, which I think is a compromise that is fair on conservative side, where a lot of times, well, it's between some people. Where compromises where the church does not judge anybody that is on the LGBTQ community and ostracize them, and the same on the from the LGBTQ community on conservative side to the evangelical. But the problem is you have extremists on both sides that believe in that leftist ideology of "I'll take, you'll buckle," right? And that makes a breeding ground for tyranny because someone 
who is willing to take advantage of that is going to come in and be like, oh, well, then if I can get you to compromise on this, this, and this, let's say I get you to compromise, you're not going to go to church. You're not going to go to small businesses. You're not going to go, you know, you're going to get this vaccine. You're going to not speak out against your school board. You're going to get your butt hurt and you're not going to want to participate. That's okay. So since you said that, allow me to sit here and introduce our vote doesn't matter. Why do we even vote? Doesn't mean anything. Isn't that what you're starting to hear now? Why should you even bother? I didn't even vote in the last election because I knew it wasn't going to matter. Well, bitch, if you didn't fucking vote, you don't get a voice. You don't get a right to sit here and complain and bitch and moan about how things are run if you didn't at least do your bare minimum part to make a change. I disagree with that sentiment, but let's put it this way. If uh, one bag of shit or bag of shit chocolate flavor and bag of shit vanilla flavor, it's still a bag of shit. And I don't have to vote for either one of them and still be allowed to speak. That is what we just talked about with the freedom of speech. I'm allowed to complain and criticize the government and realize right, from that a- they don't have my best interest at heart. Okay, so we, we can both agree to a, a, to a, a point on that, but I'm going to say it again. I'll put my foot back down on this one, and I will. Uh, this is this will be my blood rock, I guess. If you're not willing to stand up and make a change, to attempt to make a change, or to do at least do your part, then you can sit down and shut the fuck up. All right. Because all you're doing is paying lip service. That is all you're doing. You're wasting my time. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that, but voting does not fall in that category. You do not necessarily get to stand on the principle of the lesser of two evils and then wonder why you're still getting fucked. The only way to make a change... Then make a third fucking option. They have, and people who voted for them are always told that that's a wasted vote. Guess what? In 2016, I voted for my motherfucking self. I wrote myself in on the ballot. I got two votes. Me and my wife. Why? Because... I didn't like Hillary Clinton, and I didn't like Donald Trump. So y'all can kiss my ass. I get still get to speak about politics in the direction of the country because I voted. Granted, it was for myself. <laughs> You're not going to win Fair. this one. You're not going to win this one. Uh, no, 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 no. We can go on this one for hours, okay? And I'm just debating on how much... <laughs> Bring it! How much, Bring it! How much I'll, nicotine I'll, rage. I'll, okay, I'll, re- I'll retitle the episode. It could be... Stupid stuff Tear says. I mean... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Somebody had their Wheaties today. All right. Let's get to it then. So here's my problem. See, that ideology of, well, I'm not going to vote because it doesn't matter anymore. It's nothing more than fucking cowardice. It means you're not willing to take a stand, even if it's an unpopular stand. You can vote for someone else. You do not have to vote Republican or Democrat. And I'm not going to tell you that what you have is a wasted vote. But what I am going to tell you is if you did not take action and you did not at least attempt to make a change, your opinion means shit. Okay. I may or may not agree with you about the voting thing. But if you believe that voting matters after what happened in the 2020, the 2000 election, and I can go through others. But let's stick with those. 
Right? If you believe that your vote matters and that is the one minor thing that you can do, you're part of the problem. Because let's face it, I know plenty of people who are so disenfranchised by the system that they do other things. They lobby Congress. They write their congressmen, you need to vote this way or you need to vote that way. And they'll support other candidates without voting. There are independent... I'll give you an example. I live in the state of Florida. Do you know that if I, I have to register Republican or Democrat... Hold on, let me finish. I have to... I have to sit here and register Republican or Democrat because if you are an independent or a neither type of person, then you don't get to vote in the primaries, which means you get the shittiest of the shitty situations. There are people who sit here and do lots of stuff that doesn't have anything to do with voting and still make a stand. They're the ones who go and petition their school board. Oh, wait, that's an act of terrorism. There are if you people... did not take part, if you did not take part in electing those officials or any part of that process, then what the fuck are you doing? You're not doing anything. Lobbying's not going to do anything. You're not even a constituent that matters. You're not voting for them. You're not actively voting for the other guy either. You can give them money, but then again, we both discussed that right, left doesn't even matter anymore. They're both right. hand in hand with each other. Right. But if you're not taking, if you're not making a stand and doing at least the barest minimum, if you're not involved, then fuck off. You're not doing anything. You can write that congressman all day long. You can talk to him on the phone until you're blue in the face, but you don't matter. You don't they don't matter. have to convince you. You don't matter. They do not have to convince either. you. Look at yeah, what but you, they don't have to convince you to vote for them so they can keep their position. You have no power. Look, you always negotiate from a position of power. You always have to have something that the other party wants or needs. And if you're not a vote, and if you're not willing to at least make it hard for them by voting for somebody else, even if it isn't the other guy, you could vote for yourself on that one. But if you're not willing... To either take that away from them and help their opposition to make it harder for them to give them the incentive to do what needs to be done, then you're not doing anything. You're just sitting there. You're just a you're just like that girl on TikTok that sits there and 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 holds the the rubber chicken and makes a sound because she doesn't have a legitimate argument. Hey, I like those videos. Yes, but it's just braying nonsense. There's no, there's no constructiveness to it at all. There's no point to it, except that you know I've got something to say. Hey, what good is it if you don't take part and you just let things happen? Then you're just as much a part of the problem as what you don't like. You're more so because your acquiesce, your complacency, your lack of action. Makes you impotent. Okay, so I can see that on a on local elections, <clears throat> maybe even state elections. But do you think you give a they give a fuck about you with federal elections? Do you think that there's enough integrity in the in the electoral system that we have right now? Well, maybe if everybody gave enough of a damn to take care of their local elections, they would start putting a little bit more pressure on the federal level. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Before you get all smart ass with me, Odin, let me let me break it down for you this way. How many times have you watched a state 
Congress, the State House of Representatives, the State Senate, completely overturn something from a federal level, and the federal and the federal government gets told to kick rocks and pound sand. Frequently. Yeah, I live that's in Florida, where it dude. matters. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think Florida, that's where dude. it matters. If you're not willing to vote in things like that, things that can make a difference, then you're not attributing anything. You're just a body sitting there either in the way. What's that statement I love so much? Like you're either on my side, by my side, or in my fucking way. Yep. All right. I, I, if you're doing nothing... You're in my fucking way. But I don't think that voting is the end-all, be-all of how you enact change in the government. It has throughout our history. Uh, we can talk about the different frauded elections. I, I didn't print out those notes, but I can if you really want to. <laughs> okay, you can, you can cherry-pick some data here, Odin. You can cherry-pick some data, and I'm not going to argue with the, the fact that fraud has always been, in any election, throughout any history of any government, there is always fraud. But think of how many things we changed in this nation through voting alone. Because someone gave a damn enough to run a, run a campaign about it. Somebody gave a damn enough to speak up about it. And that influenced enough people to vote the right way to get that thing changed. Well, I would... I'm thinking civil rights, the end of slavery, women's rights. I I might agree with you if we had kept the original uh, setup for the uh, for the Senate and for the electoral college that we had in the Constitution. But now it's a fucking popularity contest, and he who has the money makes the rules. And it doesn't matter whether you vote for them or not. They're still in power. They're still going to be the one who sits here and says what good. And here's a perfect example. Do you know the term gerrymandering? Yes. Okay. How about redistricting? What about pork barreling? Well, specifically redistricting. What they do is every so often, the state legislatures look at a map about who votes for who and who gets lumped into where. And if there's a solidly red area, guess what? That district right there, that's always going to be Republican regardless of... It's always going to be Republican in who they elect. Then you have areas that have blue pockets where they know that the that the Democrats are always going to win there. They redraw their district maps to fit that so that the incumbents don't lose. So mm. you can talk about <laughs> voting all you want, but yes, but not voting on your local, not voting for that that legislature. That, legis that, that legislative body that does the redistricting, then you don't get a voice in it. You can bitch about it all you want. But if you decide not to vote, then you can't complain on who's in charge. You did nothing to change that. Well, okay. That's cowardice. Well, hold on. Let, let's look at Gavin Newsom's recent avoiding of the recall election. There were six million Republicans who voted for Trump. Do you know the margin of victory that he overcame his recall? 6.5 million. Which means if all of the Republicans voted to recall him and none of the Democrats did, 
it wouldn't make a damn bit of difference. And people look at, now I'm not saying that you're wrong. But what I'm saying is you need to look at it from people who live in deeply blue areas where they're outnumbered 100 to 1. Or, in the case of the 2020 election, 120% to 1. So you gonna are you gonna feed me the same line that that dude that we used to know from Chicago tries to feed me? I don't know what that was it? that it doesn't that that it doesn't matter. You can get into the grassroots. You can try to make a change, but it, ultimately it doesn't matter. Oh no no no! I I agree with you when it comes to the election that you need to you need to vote. It should be a civic duty, but. I'm telling you if how you're not people, willing to use that if you're not I'm willing telling, to use that basic though. I'm telling you that that is how people feel. Well, fuck your feelings. Fuck <sighs> their feelings. <laughs> Dude, okay, look. Oh, you know me well enough to know I don't sugarcoat anything. There is such a thing as black and white. I get there it. is. I get there it. are some things I that it just it matters. But and people is, have gotten into this whole pity party mentality, this whole I'm going to compromise or I don't want to you know, rock a boat. The squeaky wheel gets the, the grease, but the nail that sticks out gets hammered. Like, OK, look, I get that. You don't want to be in that position. But because of that, because of your unwillingness to even partake in the smallest of civic duties. You don't have a right to bitch and moan. Because if you're not willing to do it on the smallest of things, to fight that fight that seems like it's just unwinnable, then in reality, when it comes down to it and it comes down to that, that line drawn in the sand and everybody's pulling up sides on who's going to fight who, those people are going to be like the be like the generic libertarian, the one that sits in the center and can't decide which side they actually want to be on. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, the miss, the, the, the wrong definition of libertarian i get it i do and that ladies and gentlemen is the difference between chum i mean tear who is <laughs> tear who is the uncompromising immovable object <laughs> and almost everybody else <laughs> oh fuck them welcome, okay, welcome to a lesson in compromise <laughs> There is no compromise to be found with people that want to destroy your very way of life. I agree. Hey, look, I'm the dude who sits here and loves learning about, you know, uh, about, you know, history and times when it is time to light the fucking boats on fire. Right. Sun Tzu, right. In the art of war talked about how. They needed to burn their boats and destroy the bridges behind them as they advanced in new territory. That when given the option, uh, when you no longer have the option of taking flight, you are more likely to prevail. There's you, nothing more dangerous than a cornered rat. Right. You just burned your boat and burned your bridges because you refused to go back. And I admire you for that. And I told you last episode or the episode before that I still struggle with... <laughs> That whole scorched earth policy. I like compromise <clears throat> on a personal level. I do not like compromise on a cause or a uh, ideal level. I still well, I want the to find the good per in people. You're like, no, fuck it. Once they sit here and cross that line into the abyss, they're dead to me. Dead, I say dead. Well, I mean, call it. 
you know, some people refer to as juvenile or jaded or paranoid, but I, my mind is, look, if I can't trust you on the small shit, there is no way I'm trusting you on the big shit to have my life. I get it. Right? Why? And it's a principle of the matter to me. It's like, if you cannot, if you cannot be expected to do the barest minimum, how can I expect you to sacrifice it all? And, and make no mistake, that's what it's going to take if we want to continue the American way of life. But that again, that's the that's why I always say we need people like you. We need people like me. Uh, you, you know, one one side, you know, my side cannot ever bring about peace. I don't think my side could bring about peace. <laughs> but no, but you can clean up the mess a lot easier when it's all said and done, and sort shit out when it's done. No, fuck but it. I, those of us who are willing to compromise in. In the art of debate and idea and ideas on a personal level, we're not talking about ideology. You know, the ideological differences between the right and the left, or between a winter and a summer. We're talking about on a one-on-one basis. I'm gonna get a lot more fucking drunk than you are because you're gonna fucking drink from the skull of your enemies, and I'm gonna fucking have them buy me rounds of beer. I'm just saying that's how it's gonna work. <laughs> yes, but it is a statement. <laughs> it makes a statement. <laughs> well, you think about it though. How many times have you, people with principle? You don't see them. You know, they either they don't bend. They either break or they win. Well, okay. You know, I know that we were talking about uh, compromise and cowardice, but I think that there's a, there's something to be said with prudence. You can be courageous and you can go after the enemy and you can go to that point where I will not bend, I must be broken for you to win the point. But without, without the prudence, without the wanting to survive, the without... Losing your humanity, there can be no courage, there can be no bravery, there can be no, I'm going to stand here. And there has to be some semblance of wanting to save, if not yourself, then those with which you fight for. Did you just, like, New Age give me discretion as the better part of valor? Yes. Pretty good. Fuck huh? you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. All right, look. Okay, I can agree. But there comes a point in time. And I think, and, and, and maybe, maybe I'm just ahead of my time on this. Maybe. Maybe you're right. There's going to come a point in time, and it's not too far in the distant future if it's not now already, where you're going to have to make that decision that enough is enough. It stops here. There is no more compromise. There is no more... That line has been drawn, sides have been chosen, either get shit done or kneel down. No, for every person that line is different. And we've talked about it. When we've talked about people that they need to know the sacrifice, they need to know where their bloodline is. Look, you you already had me cross that line when I said that there was no compromise with certain people. I get it. But there are still people... Who look at the system and go, is there anything worth saving? Or are we at the point where no one is going to save us? There is no white knight coming and that we need to save what is most precious to us. And that could be family. That could be faith. That could be historical documents. But America as we know it. Yes. I hate that concept. 
with a passion. I hate the concept of a white fucking knight because a white knight has never been where it's rough. A white knight is sitting there in their pristine and shiny armor. They're the hero. They're the what's best with everything, but they never actually accomplish anything. The people that accomplish something are the ones in scuffed up dirty armor, the warrior, the monster that stood up and said, I don't care. This is my line no further. I get it. Jordan Peterson is famous for saying that the world doesn't need white knights. It needs monsters. Well, we have too many people that want to be that white knight. I will never that's understand. That's where the cowardice. I will, I will never understand why people want to be the white, why people want to be rescued by the shiny knight in the shiny armor. He's never had his metal tested. He's never had his resolve put under pressure. But it, like I said a couple of episodes ago, People want to be the heroes in their own story. Well, they just need to remember that not all that glitters is gold. That's true. A shiny turd is still a turd. And it's that it's that whole thing, though, where people... And it's just as prevalent on the left as it is on the right. You've got your, your white saviors, right? You've got your people, the social justice warriors, that want to be that knight in shining armor to come in and just defend these people that are lesser than us. But that's basically how it is. They can say it's not, but that's how it is. Right? And we, as, as <laughs> on our side, have compromised and allowed them to do so with almost absolute impunity because we don't want to be labeled as racist. I think at this point everybody's a racist. But Well, I'm not, I'm not racist. I'm, I'm what we'd like to refer to as an equal opportunity hater. I hate everybody equally. <laughs> Well, no, what I mean is that when everybody is racist, then no one is racist. <coughs> Words have power unless you dilute them to the point where they mean nothing. Nazi, racist, white supremacist, all of those words don't mean anything. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, if somebody had called you a white supremacist, a racist, or a Nazi, you would be offended enough to almost probably punch them in the face. And now it's like, hi, colonizer. I mean... Hi, racist. Yeah, you know, whatever. It doesn't mean anything. Good soup. <laughs> <laughs> but no, how many times now, we talk about on the left there for that, but then how many times do we have people on the right? How many times do we have people that are, you know, they stand up there and they, they go, I am all for freedom of speech, unless you disagree with me. I'm all for, you know, the Second Amendment. Unless it's red flag laws. I'm all for the... We've got people that, that, that they put up on a pedestal as this white knight. They're going to be the savior. They're going to be the hero. They're going to put people's life in jeopardy because they have to be that white knight. That compromise, that they, that they are willing to compromise everybody else for themselves. That's what it is. If you think about it on the left, they, they compromise everyone else unless you agree with them. If you agree with them, then it's all for us. But if you're not, well, we'll compromise all of you so I can get ahead. It's kind of human nature, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, and it's me saying that, and I'm the... the <laughs> I'm the least get along with anybody that we have in our group. Right? But... 
I don't know. There is a median to be found. Like, like I said, though, I mean, even I believe in compromise when there are certain situations that you need to compromise. But a compromise, in order to be effective, has to leave both parties satisfied with the outcome but unhappy at the same time. Not one side going, ha I won. That's not a compromise. That is... Conquering? Well, I was going to say that is absolute surrender. It's... Okay, when, when I talk about compromise, I, I agree with it the same way you do. Unfortunately, there's that linguistic theft again where they use compromise to mean that they're so open to ideas, they're so open-minded that their brains have fallen out. I don't mean that type of compromise. <laughs> You know, I wish, I really wish that I could get my head that far up my own ass to understand that kind of logic. Well, it's easier to get along, it's easier to go along to get along. That is the concept behind that. That's cowardice. You don't want to be alone. You don't want to be the one that sticks out. It is the fear of being ostracized. See, I think that compromise is important in certain areas. But I think the step beyond compromise is cowardice. I think you are correct on that. I think that if you're so willing to compromise on certain things, political ideologies, maybe not so much, but <coughs> like if you're willing to compromise on your core values or you're willing to compromise on your morals, you're not compromising anything. You are being cowardly. You refuse to face the world head on. You, instead of bending like a reed in the wind, I am a leaf on the wind. Sorry, serenity reference, I can't help it. So, <laughs> instead of bending, you literally just fold over. Now you've got me thinking on serenity quotes, and I want to do one of my favorites. That's if you're then you got I those am people to misbehave, it's not fitting. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. You already misbehave. <laughs> but no, I mean, there Seven is a and point a half where... hours of audio editing later. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, no, like, okay, so there is, a, there is a time and a place for compromise. There is a time and a place for it. You cannot... There are times that being ramrod straight and unyielding leads to more damage. Yes, because I'm going to quote you here in a second, and you're not going to like it. But I'm going to quote you. Ready? Go for it. Here. This is this is my... Slepnir is here. He has arrived. The six-legged horse, because he's about to... Never mind. <laughs> I realize we're an audio podcast, so that's probably not going to carry over. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you doing? All right, come on. What's this quote? What's this quote? The quote is... Violence is the last option. And if you use violence, then you have failed. <clears throat> From a matter of diplomacy, yes. But don't don't but, hey, but whoa, 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 whoa. There, don't cherry pick. There be don't cherry pick compromise first. Yeah, there are th there are there is a time and a place for compromise, but there are certain things you never compromise on. Okay. That's not violence. Well, it can be. Eventually it depends. It gets to violence. Oh, eventually, yeah, but eventually <laughs> violence is a last resort. I, just to finish that statement, it's like, if violence is your first resort for everything, you're nothing more than a barbarian. 
Violence means that you have lost intellectually and, and diplomatically. But there comes a point where violence is necessary, where the defense of your belief can brook no quarter, no mercy. You either take that stand or you live the rest of your life on your knees. Yep. My favorite is when you say that violence is not an answer and I get to bring up that long ass equation that says sometimes violence is the answer. <laughs> Arson it is the answer for everything. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you leave Death Panda out of this. <laughs> He's not wrong, though. I mean, but no, think about it, though. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming at and people are going to try to twist that around. But taking a stand is not necessarily equate to violence. Standing okay. for your principle not being willing to compromise your core value, if that leads to violence so you can defend it, then yes. But that is up to the other side at that point. You didn't choose violence. But you didn't avoid it either. Okay, I get that. When you say it like that, I understand. <laughs> I use my own words against me. God dang it. All right, <laughs> next up on the docket. I'm going to sit over here and fume for like 20 minutes. <laughs> That's dirty for using my own quote against me. Sorry, I can't but you get where I'm, Yeah, but you get where I'm coming from with that, though. I get it. It's like we have so many people are so willing to compromise everything for to protect their reputation, to protect their, their ego, their following, their, their clout, their relevance. Or what they've wrapped themselves into. Think about this. Think about this. You know what? Here we go. One beautiful example of how compromise is destroying the message. You compromise because you're not willing to say a hard thing on TikTok because it'll get you banned. You will not say a hard thing on, you will not call out the truth of a matter like this. I'll make a statement. And people are going to get mad at me. But you brought to my attention earlier today that Chauvin is probably going to get acquitted. And by the time that happens, it'll be in perfect time. Oh, yeah, 2022. Yeah, yeah. My theory. Right? Yeah. So you, you know, exact perfect time for the 2022 election, because right now BLM is mad at the administration of the vaccine mandates. But if you switch it back to Chauvin getting acquitted, then they're back in the streets. But rather than call that out, and rather than say that hard thing and be like, hey, anybody noticing this strange shit? Seems awfully familiar. You're going to have a whole bunch of people that are going to say that Chauvin should have been convicted. It should not be overturned. You're going to have a whole lot of people that are going to pay lip service like they're doing to... Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse right now Yep, on our own side, just because they don't want to be canceled, just because they don't want to lose followers, because they don't want to get banned. They're <laughs> willing to compromise and not say the hard thing. And that to me is fucking cowardice. There I am with my hard line again. That's fine. Because you're not alone. I mean, there are there are millions of people that agree with you, and there are millions of people that well, I, I count myself on most, most points in agreeing with you, but <laughs> I you you stand with somebody you know that I think everybody in the audience knows, and it's Ronald Reagan. 
know, how many times have we heard his a time for choosing speech on TikTok? At least parts of it. You know, I always try to give. You know, when I was making videos on TikTok, I would always at least once a quarter put part of that speech in there. So Ronald Reagan didn't call it compromise. He called it a policy of accommodation. And so do you have more you want to talk about this subject? Because if not, I want to end this podcast with reading the important part of that time for choosing that pertains particularly to this one. I'll give an anecdote when we're done. I was just looking it up because I wanted to actually do the same thing. <laughs> Go ahead, Ford Odin. All right. So those who would trade our freedom for the soup kitchen of the welfare state have told us they have a utopian society of peace without victory. They call their policy accommodation. And they say if we only avoid any direct confrontation with the enemy, he'll forget his evil ways and learn to love us. All who oppose them are indicted as warmongers. They say we offer simple answers to complex problems. Well, perhaps there is a simple answer. Not an easy answer, but simple. If you and I have the courage to tell our elected officials that we want our national policy based on what we know in our hearts is morally right. We cannot buy our security, our freedom from the threat of the bomb by committing an immorality so great as saying to billion human beings now enslaved behind the Iron Curtain, give up your dreams of freedom because to save our own skins, we're willing to make a deal with our slave masters. Alexander Hamilton said, A nation which can prefer disgrace to danger is prepared for a master and deserves one. Now let's set one record straight. There's no argument over choice between peace and war. There's only one guaranteed way you can have peace and you can have it right now. In the next second, surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this. But every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And this is the specter of our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face. That in their policy of accommodation is appeasement, and it gives no choice between peace and war, only between fight or surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum. And what then? When Nikita Khrushchev has told his people he knows what our answer will be, he has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of the Cold War, and someday when the time comes to deliver the final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary, because by that time we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. He believes this peace from our side. He's heard voices pleading for peace at any price, or better read than dead. Or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war, because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet so as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy, or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots of Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns or refused to fire the shot heard around the world? The martyrs of history were not fools, and our honored dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. And this, this is the meaning in the phrase of Barry Goldwater's peace through strength. Winston Churchill said the destiny of man is not measured by material computations. When great forces are on the move in the world, we'll learn 
We're spirits, not animals. And he said there's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which whether we like it or not spells out duty. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. <coughs> we'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will keep in mind and remember that Barry Goldwater has faith in us. The rest of it doesn't matter. It's all part of the Barry Goldwater campaign speech. But... <coughs> I'm going to read you something. Okay. We have sat back and watched our government as they have censored and silenced those who dissent. Those who speak truth have been discredited and treated as deplorable. We have sat back and watched as they have divided us, telling us that our worth is based on our color of our skin or our sexuality. We have sat back and watched as they've corrupted our education. We remain silent as they have co-opted our media for propaganda. They've gone too far and we have been too complacent. And this complacency has led us to being divided, bickering amongst ourselves, fighting over petty and narcissistic bullshit. All the while, our very government has taken the advantage of our distraction. And that's all fine and good, you may say. However, I would point out, we need to look no further than our northern border to understand where this course of action plays out. Our neighbors to the north have kept silent. They have kept the peace. They have not rocked the boat. They have fallen in line. They have compromised. Now they've had the one of the most basic human rights stripped from them. My fellow patriots, you need to remember who we are. Remember why our forefathers fought, and remember the American dream that makes us the greatest nation in the world. Let us once again come together and remind the corrupt and tyrannical that we, the people, are still here. That one way or another, despite the sheep, despite the media, despite all the propaganda, they will answer to us or be removed. It is time to release the patriots, to brace ourselves to our duties, and so bear ourselves that men will still say this is their finest hour. Okay, who said it? Mine was Ronald Reagan. Who was yours? Mine. That was mine. You wrote that? Yes. Nice. I wrote that six years ago, except, and I added the part about the Canadians. <laughs> Just recently, when they went through it. And it's because I, I, I grew up listening to, to Reagan speeches and things like that, and that's where my my so hardline stance against accommodation and, and compromise and certain things comes from because I remember the man saying the most dangerous words in the American language and the English language. Yep. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And that compromise has led us to where we are today. To the point where our current administration actually says those words and people applaud them. About to the point where we're living under a tyrannical state right now, and people still want to wave the red, white, and blue and believe that they are free. There's nothing more blind on this earth than he who will not see. Well, as being the designated blind guy, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've only got one eye missing. <laughs> And a bird coming <clears throat> for you again. It seems like you get the birds every episode. I'm just saying. I deserve it probably from one way or another. Um, one of these days, that was I'm going to get a soundboard. And every time I flip you off, I'm just going to play the sound of crows screaming. Or ravens screaming. Interesting note to, to end on. Did you know that a uh, a a group of baboons is called a congress? 
That explains so much. Hey, <laughs> I got a joke for you. If, okay. If progress is moving forward in a direction, what is Congress? <laughs> moving us in the opposite direction. <laughs> compromise, compromise when handled properly does lead to progress. But acquiescence and accommodation now, see, if we'll we had, only lead. If we had swapped out in the very beginning, and the reason that we didn't is because I wanted to talk about the compromise. And it's not that I disagree with you. It's that when I speak on compromise, I listen to the people that complain and feel hopeless. As I go through the message boards, if I as I go through all the different stuff and people are hopeless, they don't trust their government. They don't believe that they can make a difference. That is why I speak. However, if we had changed it to acquiescence, this wouldn't have been a topic at all. Because <laughs> I don't agree with that either. No appeasement. I do not believe in appeasement. I am opposed to appeasement. Can I say this? Sure. In reference to those people that feel hopeless, because I used to be one of those, that, that feel like there is nothing, like your voice doesn't matter. Right. I want to remind everyone, and I have done this before, no, that when this no, nation didn't. was when when this nation was founded, right? It was three percent. Yeah, three percent. The the minority, and that wasn't even just three percent on the side of the revolution. No, that was three percent of the patriots and the Tories. Yep. Total. Yep. It only took three percent. When people a movement shit, starts with done. one. They're gonna get it done. Yep. Yeah. It. It all. All it takes is one. Yep. And for the record, you have never made that statement live because it was in the one episode that didn't record. Oh, you son of a bitch! That's <laughs> <laughs> the first episode. There. There is. Okay. For those of you who don't know, there is a missing episode, and. It's not entirely missing, but it has no tear. It's just Odin, and then Odin answering questions from Tear, but you cannot hear Tear's voice the entire way through it. We recorded an hour and thirty-five minutes, and it's just me talking. So if you want to know what the blooper reel is going to be like, it's going to be that <laughs> one. <laughs> oh. Lord. We had a lot of really good clips in that one too that never had a chance to fit it into the the stuff, but I was trying to think like you said no you haven't. I was like, no, I have said this before. What are you talking about? And then it clicked. I was like, oh <laughs> the greatest episode you never heard. <laughs> so saddest part is that was actually my favorite episode that we've we've done so far, besides the Rage Palace. Yes. Well, the next one you might find interesting because the topic is no fucking topic. It's just, just the two of us shooting the shit. It's just a bullshit session. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about putting this one on live, but because we pre-record all of our podcasts, it would be like totally out of context. Like the next episode, people are going to be like, Wait, I've already heard that episode. Yeah, well, that's why we don't number it. Because we learned from TikTok that people don't know how to read numbers. <laughs> yeah, we just put topics. Right. <laughs> 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 All right. So, with that being said, I'm Odin. This is Tear. And thank you for coming around. 
And as we prattle and babble and bitch and moan and complain and wonder where the fuck our country went, this is Winter's Call, and we'll see you next time. The preceding podcast is brought to you by Heimdall, Keeper of the Bifrost.